What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, The Spectators. I'm Brooklyn. I'm here with my boy, Jew. How you doing, bro? What's going on? How we living? Your favorite podcast, favorite podcast is actually what the streets have been talking about. That's what we are. The streets have been talking. Yeah. They've been talking, they've been listening, and they've been enjoying. Enjoying a lot of NFL. I also heard we got a new YouTube. Go subscribe. Yeah, go check out the YouTube right now. Go subscribe. If you haven't already, go do it. And while you're at it, go hit up the socials at underscore the spectators. We know you love our content over there. We give you some good stuff. We hope you enjoy it. Go check it out. Absolutely. But let's get right into this week because we got a lot of football to cover. And this week a had a lot of good games. So we're just going to jump right into it. Um, this week started off Thursday night football. Probably the only good matchup at least coming into like the season on thursday night football uh packers mm-hmm. 49ers because those thursday night games just always are awful for some yeah. reason or at yeah. least like on paper awful they wind up being good games but uh this one was not that packers coming off a, a bad loss to the vikings last week they bounce back and pretty much dominate the 49ers from start to finish 49ers just got decimated by injury, injuries, not just last week, but all year, uh, stemming from the, the MetLife turf, and it's just gone downhill from there. Uh, this was a really good bounce-back game for the Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams has just been absolutely on a tear uh, when he's healthy yeah. this season, and he has not been healthy all year, so that's why his numbers seem like, quote-unquote, down. Um. Yeah, this this kind of put a stake in the 49ers, I feel like, this game. Just, you know, Nick Mullins is out there starting for quarterback. We don't know when we're getting Jimmy G back. George Kittle. Jimmy's going to be out for a good little minute. Yeah. Kittle's your best receiver. He's going to be out. All the guys on defense that are injured, and then the O-line has injuries. Plus, you lost all the guys on defense in the offseason, like Buckner and this was already going to be a tough sledding season for that defense, and yeah, kind of see it, that. It's showing. Yeah, definitely It's definitely that. showing. And once the injury bug hits, especially early, it's tough, man. Yeah. Four touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, though, so that's a good bounce-back game for him. Um, he had good stats against the Vikings, but wasn't making the plays that he was making in this game to kind of keep drives sustained throughout the, the whole game, and it good to see them make a a quick little turnaround on a short week and fix all those little things that were wrong absolutely and in their case hopefully they uh keep it rolling what uh what's the next game i want to talk about uh let's go to buffalo buffalo and seattle this one was surprising to me yeah i mean i did not think uh the seahawks were gonna take the l but here we are yeah, and it feels like every week that we've seen the Bills playing, they have a brutal game. Like, they they have had a really, really tough schedule this year. And, I mean, their last, like, four games, I think, it was Chiefs. The Jets was an easy one, but it turned out to be a tougher game than people thought. Uh, a battle yeah. against the Patriots, and then they get the Seahawks. And Buffalo can thank Seattle for just having – Maybe the worst defense that a good team has ever had. And they just got Jamal Adams back, too. Yeah, and that's going to take a little bit to kind of help out a little bit. But I, yeah. Jamal Adams is a really talented player. He doesn't 
do anything for the issues that the Seahawks have. Their their no. primary issues are in coverage, in help coverage, and then getting like consistent pressure on the quarterback. And Jamal gets pressure on quarterbacks, but that's not his primary job. So he really doesn't help them in any of the areas they need this help. In fact. And um letting up forty four to the Bills who scored eighteen against the Jets is you know not a good the, sign. And Josh Allen has been a little bit battered. Yeah, and he and he's kinda showed it this he, year uh, too, because when he's good, he looks really, really sharp. Yeah, I I was looking at the stats and like the first four weeks he was just incredible. Like he could have been MVP off those uh stats right there. But then obviously he gets that hit on the left shoulder and he's been nursing it a little bit. And like the numbers have been down, they took a dip, but man, <laughs> what a way to come back. <laughs> right. Four hundred and fifteen yards, three TDs, seven incompletions, like welcome back. Yeah, and, and him. Him and his relationship with Stephon Diggs is very evident early in the season. Uh, oh, incredible, man. The, the combo has the most receptions in in the league at this point. So, through what is that, through week nine? And then also the most receiving yards through week nine. So, clearly a good trade for uh, the Bills yeah. to finally get him an actual weapon over there. And Stephon Diggs is exactly that. Um, and then this game really showed that Russell Wilson is all world and he is fantastic, but he can't do it all because no, turnovers no, are no going to happen. Uh, he's really good at minimalizing them, but they're going to happen. And when they yeah. do happen and you give extra opportunities to the other team and you your defense can't stop a nosebleed, it's really hard. And for, especially when that other team is a good team. It, yeah, it's not going to be any easier. Yeah, and we've seen Seattle going up against like any above-average offense this season has just been nothing short of embarrassing. Yeah. So, I mean, they they give up thirty-seven to the Cardinals, forty-four to the Bills, twenty-six to the Vikings. It, it, you know, those are not scores that are going to get it done constantly. It's really hard to score more than thirty points a game in the NFL. And if your defense is letting up 30 points a game, it's just a <laughs> shootout. And it's it's just really tough. Yeah. So we'll, we, we'll definitely be looking, especially with the trade deadline come and gone, we'll be looking at what the Seahawks try and do to maybe fix that defense to some degree because something's got to be done over there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, what's another game we had on the slate for this week? Uh, let's set up uh, Kansas City. Kansas Carolina. City with the surprising nail-biter that nobody really expected. Yeah, man. Uh, McCaffrey's return, he, he got hurt in week two. He hurt that ankle Welcome of back. his. Uh, Mike Davis has been in this place, and he's done a pretty good job for the most part. But the Panthers did go on a little bit of a slide there uh, without McCaffrey. Yeah. His, his presence is very, very Naturally. evident, right? one of the best running backs in the league and we'll we'll get into uh the best in our opinion later yeah but McCaffrey since he's been in the league in my opinion has been the best and I don't think it's particularly yeah. close either um yeah. just like over that that period and just everything he's able to do once he gets the ball in his hands and 
it, it's something He's else. dangerous. Yeah, and I mean, just look at it. They they go in. They played a seven and one Chiefs coming into this. Carolina's on a little bit of a slide, and just him being there is able to kind of keep them in this game. He scores a touchdown, gets about seventy yards on the ground, and a couple more in the air. It just makes big plays. Uh, I mean, there's not a couple enough more good things to air. say about him. He, he almost had a hundred hundred yards through the air. What a touchdown! CMC went off. Yeah. So a nice little debut return game. Yeah. And then, you know, Mahomes had just big numbers. 372, four touchdowns. <laughs> exactly what you expect from him. And maybe it's not the blowout we're kind of used to seeing from Kansas City. And really, they could have lost this game. Uh, Panthers had a chance. They had the ball at the end of the game to win it. They kicked a 67-yard field goal that actually had the Man. leg, but it might have been about 30 yards to the right. Yeah. But th- there was an opportunity there at the end for the Panthers to actually win this game. So sometimes it's, it's uh, good to kind of squeak away and get those tough wins out, even though it maybe it shouldn't have been a tough win. And I think this is going to be a really good step for the Chiefs. Yeah. And a uh, big shout-out to Patty. He's the youngest quarterback ever to get to 100 passing touchdowns. He needed three. He got four this week. Yeah, I so. believe he did it in 40, 40 starts. So it's just nuts when you see what this kid's been doing. It's such little time. It's nuts, and you're just going to continue to see whether it's every week or every couple of weeks or every year, just Patty just continue to break all sorts of records. And Bro, and it's crazy. Like, you hear him uh, say a couple years ago, he didn't even know how to read defenses. Yeah, and then he, he said, like, there. I learned how to read defenses this offseason. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> came off of his MVP season, right? I believe so. It did, yeah. It did. Yeah, so, like, he, he was just out there playing ball. <laughs> oh, that guy's open. All right, cool. Let's get him the ball. So when when you look at stuff like that, how could you not get better? And he's been showing that he can. Explosively, yeah. too. Yeah, and, and he shows it with his poise and that maybe it doesn't all need to be on him every game. And sometimes it's on the running backs, and he's okay with that. Sometimes it's a defensive yeah. game, which it hasn't been too often, but they do have the facilities to do that over there in Kansas City. And he trusts those guys. And to see a young guy kind of – feel as mature and i mean he's not super young anymore this is what his fourth fifth season but yeah he still feels young because he is the future of this league certainly and it feels like the future is now yeah exactly and there's some other guys too that are looking like the future uh two of them actually played against each other this weekend the uh miami dolphins and the arizona cardinals yep both got to play Kyler Murray versus Tua Tagovailoa. Two young, just absolute studs, just uber-talented. Tua, it's great to see him even playing just because of the injury that he got over at Alabama. Yeah, what a dope story over there. And now he's in his second start of his career. Now he's 2-0 as a starter. And last week they did it with... (laughs) defense and special teams and they kind of had a grinded out game and he did the plays that he needed to do this week was a little bit different it was kind of a 
pretty much a, a, a gun fest. It was who's just going to outscore the other. Yeah. And, so, and Tua's and Kyler's stats were pretty much the same. Kyler had another touchdown, a few more yards. But they, they both went off, man. They both went off. And, again, like, with the young talent in the league, the, these two are going to shine. And I'm I'm really excited to see them duke it out for years to come. Yeah, and, you know, his second start ever, 20 for 28 with two touchdowns, a little over 200 yards. Against a pretty good Cardinals team, too. Like, it's not the best yeah. defense in the world, but it's a pretty good Cardinals team. And so this game kind of solidifies that Miami is in the race this year. Like, this this year they are ready to compete. Maybe not for a Super Bowl, but they are ready to make a playoff push and show that they have something cooking over there. Whatever that something is, I'm not sure, but something cooking. With the Seattle losing, this would have been a big game for Arizona to win. Yeah, and but. I was really big. I'm still really big on Arizona, especially with the way Kyler Murray's played. Um, those stats we yeah. mentioned earlier, plus he had a hundred rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So he is very Lamar Jackson esque. And I think he's a little bit of a better passer as well. Um, maybe not as fleet footed and not as elusive, but I think he's in that realm in that category. He, he probably might be more elusive being that, that size. Yeah. Yeah. So but I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. Um, I also love Tua, too. So this game was really fun. I, I didn't get to see it live. I went back and I watched pretty much all the, the, the good stuff of this game. Because this was the one that like I personally was most excited for this weekend. As a, uh, yeah. a pseudo-Cardinals fan for the season. <laughs> Go Cards. Go Cards. <laughs> uh, who we got up next? Um... Who do we got up next? Uh, Steelers, Take Cowboys. To, uh, the Chargers. I don't want to talk too long about it, but the Steelers should have blown this team out of the out of the water. This should have been a thirty-six to nothing game. And yeah, Garrett a- Gilbert was really his, hanging on by a thread. Right. Garrett Gilbert makes his NFL starting debut. Uh, AAF Hall of Famer, the best quarterback of all time in AAF history, Orlando Apollo legend. Garrett Gilbert, mm-hmm. um, he he comes into to Dallas and he just makes some good plays. He he wasn't like anything crazy, but he made good throws. He kept this offense in the game. He kept them on the field more times than not. And at the end of the game, yeah. they had an opportunity with the ball to win it, and it, it didn't happen. But they did have the opportunity. And for how bad this team's defense has been all year, and Obviously, Dak going down and Zeke not having the best season and just things not going right. There's no moral victories in the NFL, especially if when you when you lose. But this got to feel like kind of good if you're the Cowboys defense, right? A, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. It, it definitely soothes you a little bit. And uh, Zeke was hurt this game too i don't know how much he played i'm pulling that up right now yeah he got hurt like kind of near halfway yeah and i and i know big ben got hurt for a little bit there i was i was watching at work and i saw some mason rudolph 
appearances and i was like huh yeah stay away from that please get that away from me stay away from that all the way <laughs> all the way um you mentioned the yeah, rushing leader down to the last play and they end up getting a ball batted down and they they keep their undefeated season so the dream of them going undefeated wasn't ended by one of the worst teams in the league well and it would have been funny too because if you would have put the commentator curse on them immediately after saying they're not going to lose like brooklyn adamantly saying they're not going to lose any games in the next three weeks and then just immediately lose to the cowboys would have just been very oh he has a perfect game going into the sixth type of nonsense (laughs) well I'm not a Steelers fan, and I hate them with a passion. So it was my devious plan. It was it a, almost. It worked. was a scheme. Let's go. <laughs> it almost worked. I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned though we were talking about McCaffrey and one of the best running backs in the league. We're not going to talk about the game too much because they are two of the worst teams in in the NFC, or at least they have been to this point. But uh, Vikings Lions Vikings win thirty four to twenty. They get a decent game out of Kirk Cousins, which is who knows how often you get <laughs> one of those, so good for them. It's rare. <laughs> rare. And then you get Dalvin Cook, who was hurt at the end of the Seahawks game, and I'd probably say if he's healthy during the rest of that, they probably beat the Seahawks, and then this is a very different season for the Vikings if they're 4-4 four and four at this point instead of 3-5. and five. He's hurt for the next game to follow. They have their bye week, and then he comes back last week against the Packers and absolutely torches them for four touchdowns and over 250 all-purpose yards. Man. And then he comes into this game and has 206 rushing yards on 9.4 per attempt. Two two rushing touchdowns. He has more in the air. And now he's sitting at 13 total touchdowns this season with the rushing lead over Derrick Henry with a full game and a half less played than Derrick Henry. That's crazy. So, That's crazy, man. I mean, he is just on He's a averaging mission. 122 a game on the ground. Which is nuts. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's there's usually one or two running backs you see during a season that just really, really dominate. And this was this is one of those kind of years that if the Vikings were a little bit better and he wasn't out for the, that game and a half, you'd be looking probably at a leading MVP candidate. You're not wrong. And, I mean, he's still got time. And if he keeps on doing what he's doing right now, I, I can't imagine he keeps it at this level. And not not that, like, he'll fall off, but obviously. It, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to go 200 and, a game. It's just tough. Exactly. Like, people are going to make adjustments. They're going to have a scheme for him. He, he's going to get suppressed a little bit. But if he manages, shout out. Yeah, and, and again, if the Vikings do manage to turn it around, I mean, they've won two in a row now. If they do manage to turn it around and somehow sneak into the playoffs, get to nine or ten wins this season, which I don't see them doing, but if they do, It'll mostly be because of Dalvin Cook, and he'll probably be sitting at around 2,200 yards on the season. And yeah. we'll we'll be talking about him again for that that MVP if that is the case. But that's that's a long ways away, and that's a whole different conversation. Absolutely. 
Um, the weirdest game of the weekend, the Sunday night football game that was very hyped up, and we said it was our most excited game for the weekend coming in. Uh, it's been one of my most excited games of the season. <laughs> Saints Bucks Part Two, Electric Boogaloo, except way worse than the original. Like every sequel, right? It's never as good. <laughs> um, this was bad. This was Man. just turn it off and go watch some YouTube type of bad football. From the jump, too. Literally, like right off the bat, the Bucks go three and out. The Saints just march down the field, and it was like, uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It, it got out of hand so quick. I remember a couple of times I, I look away and come back. There's another score. I look away, come back. There's another one. Next thing I know, it's like 28 to nothing. And I'm just like, oh, my God. What, what's going on? Relax. <laughs> Relax. What's going on? Like, can can we chill? Yeah. Can we take a break? <laughs> and it's the, the first the, quarter. The like, wild part is it's not like you were getting big numbers from any of these Saints players. Drew Brees was throwing it to everybody. I think Taysom Hill had like 50 yards and Michael Thomas. I think he threw it to... Brees got Michael Thomas back and forgot how to act. Right. I think he threw it to 12 different receivers in this game, which is wild. I believe it. And it was just out of hand really quick. Uh, A historically bad game for Tom Brady with three interceptions. Man. Three interceptions and no touchdowns. And during out, throughout the whole game, they were showing different graphics, showing Brady and Breeze like alternating back and forth on the all-time touchdown total, and and Drew definitely hit him with a, a hard leapfrog over him in this game. <laughs> but that that plus four, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's definitely crazy, and I feel bad for whoever the Bucks play next week. I want to say it's the Panthers because Tom is going to come back and he is not going to be happy. He's going to be he's going to come back like like a dad who found out their kid didn't didn't go to bed on time. Like he's not going to be happy. The the Bucks had a grand total between 3 people of 8 rushing yards. <laughs> and and that's because Blaine uh, Gabbert gave them negative 1. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert, shout out. <laughs> Yeah, this just a really, really bad game. If I'm a Bucks fan, I honestly don't even think about this game. Just throw it away. It didn't nah, happen. You, you throw it away. Never happened. It was yeah. just, it was bad. Yeah, th- you blame it, it on a rainy Tampa Sunday night football game. Just throw it away. Yeah, it, it didn't happen. It was one of those days where it's like you forgot to turn the oven on, even though you put the chicken in there, and you get home, it's not. Yeah, cooked, your mom you told you to def- defrost the meat, take it out of the freezer. You forgot. Yeah. she's five minutes away. Now you're just scrambling. Yeah, just order some pizza. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> just keep it moving because so. there's no need. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to uh, Antonio Brown though. Three catches, thirty-one <laughs> yards. <laughs> Shout out to Antonio Brown. Conor McGregor <laughs> voice for absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, come on, bro. He came into town and messed it up. He messed up the mojo. Messed up the mojo. So all things out of whack. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, I know Bucks fans are in pain. Pain. They're in. I I gave pain. Bucks fans a safe space on Twitter last night. And nobody accepted it. So just know now it's straight slander since you didn't want to accept it. 
You see, I told everybody it was a trap. It wasn't don't, a trap. Don't believe it. It wasn't a trap. It I was, was a here trap. with open arms. And nobody wanted to take me up. So now we got beef. Oh. <laughs> now we got beef. Uh, for, the, for the big game tonight, <laughs> Monday Night Football. Wait, what did you describe it as? <laughs> <laughs> we got the New England on, Patriots hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> against the New York Jets. And a nail-biter in MetLife in the Meadowlands. Jets going for their first win. Patriots going for whatever they're trying to do over there. <laughs> Who <laughs> knows what that is. <laughs> they're, they're not far from being us. The Patriots are going to win point. this game. And they're not going to be happy about it. I was just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> they're not going to celebrate. Bill's going to come into the postgame pissed. <laughs> nobody's just, it's just a bad time for both teams it's a bad, it's a bad time bad for time. anybody watching uh this is good that booger mcfarland has to commentate this game because i'm happy he has to watch it because boy does he stink this is a direct call out by the way <laughs> shout out booger <laughs> no shout out booger <laughs> what the, Turn what it the off. greatest name in sports television <laughs> um yeah just do yourself a favor and don't watch this game. Unless you're Brooklyn well, and you're a Jets fan. Yeah. If you're a Jets fan or a Patriots fan, go ahead. If you're a Jets fan, watch it with like something actually enjoyable going on in the background so that you can turn that frown upside down with the, the shift of your chair. <laughs> I'll be balled up in the corner of my room with my Jamal Adams jersey. He's going to have the beady halfway over his head with a box of tissues right there. Thinking about what could have been. Like that X that what left you for been. no reason. For the tall, dark, yeah. handsome man that she told you not to worry about. Not to worry about. <laughs> and then a week later. <laughs> then a week later. There, you see them out at Chili's. It's your Chili's that you two used to go to. Oh, no. <laughs> In our booth, too. <laughs> that was our booth. Not anymore. My booth now. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the Jets fan feeling right now, and I and I, yeah, exactly. It's not fun. If you ever wanted to know what it feels like to be a fan of a bad isn't even the word, just a dysfunctional franchise. Ask me whatever you want. I'm I'm here. AMA. It's I'm here. Um, speaking of bad franchises, nice little transition. Thank you there, Brooke. Um, on the gotcha. 18th of next, so next week, November 18th, <laughs> we have the NBA draft where the worst teams in the league will pretend that these young kids will help out their franchises. Let's go. I'm excited for it. Not for the Knicks. I think we're going to blow it, but I'm excited for the draft as a whole. Um, I think whoever the Warriors wind up taking is going to become a superstar. Doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> the Warriors are going to be great because of it. Um, I don't even know what the draft order is. I did at one point. I forgot. Um, I know the Timberwolves are number one. The Timberwolves I... being number one is interesting because they do have some some guys over there, and I think the Timberwolves are going to do the Timberwolf thing where they – draft like a power forward or another point guard when they just didn't really need to because they have they, they could mess around and go get Lamelo. So. they could go get Lamelo, and that man will boycott and lavar will say i demand the trade to atlanta my son needs a strip joint in his life 
<laughs> and um, and then there he goes. <laughs> there he goes. He was cooped up in Australia for too long. Get him to Atlanta. <laughs> oh man. But uh, is there any we, particular? We'll talk more about it next week because we will have an episode out before the draft. But is there any like prospect you're super looking forward to outside of Lamelo? Or it's not the deepest draft um, in the world, so not not yet. I, I got to look more into it. Gotcha. And we'll 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 get into all the details come that episode. Gotcha. I'm really as, as of right now. I'm really really interested in Obi Topon Topon. I don't know exactly how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name. Uh, Mid major guy. He was he was the uh, college national player of the year last year, and he is really really exciting. I don't know how good he's going to be because he doesn't necessarily play defense. His shot is something that's in the in the making. Like he has the ability, but he's just uber athletic, and he makes stuff happen. And I kind of want to see him go to a team with like some younger guys around him that can shoot. I don't know what that looks like, who that might be, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's the guy I'm like looking forward to right now. Without yeah. doing it, research, it's just been like so long months. since I've seen any of these guys play. I gotta like refresh. Yeah, that's the thing too. The college we didn't get a March Madness to see like the one or two or three guys that were gonna rise because of that tournament. We didn't get that. We didn't get a draft at a normal time. So like. <laughs> Just looking into these guys is all out of, out of whack. I have no idea who's exactly. in shape. Like, these guys might have put on 40 pounds. Who's to say? I don't know. Anthony who, Edwards might be 290. Yeah. Like, that, that's probably my name right there. But, I, like I said, I, I just got to refresh on everybody. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, we do got some other cool stuff coming up uh, this month. Mike Tyson. Roy Jones Jr. Staples Center. November 28th. The nursing home fiasco. Yeah, we're about to watch. This is real life. Uh, like the remember Rocky. Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> robots. It's real life that. Like <laughs> these are just. <laughs> the, he said nursing home fight. That's funny. Yeah, this is. This is the yeah, weirdest wild. <laughs> crossover like throwback event ever. This is. I'm I'm here for it. I am too. Now, I guess. I guess I, I, I'm really, really scared for Roy. <laughs> yeah, that it. Yeah, Mike is kept in very, very good shape. Cause for whatever you, you reason. got Mike Tyson on the other side of the ring, and man, I, I don't think he's taking this as a little ex, ex, exhibition. I don't think so either. <laughs> I now Roy so says either. he's not either, but there, there's two different spectrums of this. You got. Mike Tyson's mentality mm-hmm. and Roy Jones. And Mike Tyson wants to kill you. Roy Roy's just showing up for a check. I can't hate I can't hate on the check guy. I, I can't hate. Get that bag. Yes, sir. But Man. Good luck. When is that? That's like the twenty something, right? The twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. So we got a couple weeks Saturday. for that. So that's on the horizon. Yeah, a weeks. But it is a non-football activity coming up. So that's good. And then we also got yeah. news this week. I think it was unanimous. If it wasn't unanimous, it was pretty close. The NBA season will start December 22nd. Man. So that's a quick turnaround. I love it as a fan. I feel bad for that. Because like, we get basketball so quick. 
But for the players, man, and I know it doesn't really matter for the people who were outside the bubble. But they just got done playing a year-long season. Literally a year. And they got, what, seven weeks off? <laughs> that's, not even, that's not even a true vacation. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that that's tough. Now, to be fair, it is going to be really a shortened tough. season, right? It's going to be 54 games. It's 72 games. 72. So a little bit shorter. Not even that much, though. It's only 10 games shorter. And, I mean, 10 games is a lot. And I'm sure, th- like, because they've been trying to get to this point. We've, we've been talking about it for a while. Different start date, shorter season. So definitely be on a lookout for this to be a norm right here. Maybe be tweaked a little bit. But definitely be on the lookout for this to be a thing that's regular. Yeah, they're so, definitely... I but, know even before all this happened... They were uh, talking about moving the season closer to January. And we've talked about it before, yeah. but getting it out of the shadow of the NFL a little bit. Just so, because nobody really wants to watch early NBA games when they don't matter. Right? Like, exactly. Like teams start out 10 and 2 and then end up 32 and stinky 40. Like nobody, nobody. Now, cares. I do love that uh, we get some uh, Christmas Day games. So that's, that's nice. Cool. The, the Christmas Day stuff is always pretty cool. That's definitely one of the. To me, Christmas Day was like, okay, I can actually start watching basketball now. It was like that, that kind of day. Because <laughs> you, you have an idea of like who's good by that point. Again, maybe not the best idea, but an idea. And Yeah, but ju- just watching the Christmas Day games. Like you get five games that day, just have them on in the background, chill, open presents, whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it's dope. It certainly is. It's definitely dope. Certainly is. We got anything else for us this week, Brooke? Um, no. I, th- I think we're all covered. I think so, too. Uh, thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Again, as we said at the beginning, make sure to go check us out on YouTube. If you're not listening to that or to us on there already, go check us out. Subscribe. Like all of our videos. Do whatever you want to do. It's up to you. We appreciate it if you did. Check us out on social medias at underscore the spectators where we put a lot of graphics, a lot of just good content in general. I think we have a article coming out this week, so be on the lookout for that from the one and only Daniel Freeze. Shout out to Daniel. And uh, you got anything else? No. Just everybody be safe. Talk to you next week. Appreciate you for all the love. And yeah, be easy. We'll see you guys next time. Later.